Hi friends, Owen Locke and Rick Talley here from Locke and Company Distilling. First off, we'd like to thank Sam and Jay at the Unfiltered Podcast for all they do in our industry, community, and more importantly, it's just good to work with great guys like them. Owen and I are Colorado natives. We've spent more than a decade perfecting our Aspenage rye whiskey, and we think it's well worth the wait. Rye whiskey usually isn't for the faint of heart, but we have to say this is hands down some of the smoothest rye on the market. That comes from our 95% rye, 5% barley mash bill and our unique aging process. We age our whiskey in smaller 30 gallon barrels for a minimum of two years. And then we finish the rye by adding hand cut and hand charred aspen discs harvested from our family property outside of Fairplay, Colorado. This artisanal process produces an extremely smooth rye with notes of light brown sugar, cinnamon to balance the spiciness of the rye grain truly delivering a taste like none other. So if you enjoy gold medal winning spirits, want to support small business, please consider making Lock & Co. Aspen Age Rye Whiskey your next purchase. You can find our Aspen Age Rye Whiskey at many bars and restaurants and most liquor stores on the front range and throughout Colorado. Check us out at lockandcodistilling.com. That's L-O-C-K-E at lockandcodistilling.com. Cheers from Rick and Owen. behind the operation. Sarah, please. Hi, I'm Sarah Fetzer. I am uh, a co-owner here at the Emporium Brewing Company, and my husband is joining us as well. Yeah, Greg Fetzer, head brewer, one of the owners as well. I want to ask first, before we get into like history, how much, like, what do you have to do? What kind of infrastructure do you need to do those igloos? Because we haven't been able to do an interview with anybody who had them up yet. No, we haven't yeah. seen any. That's why so, I'm excited. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, those are fun. So we built them on um, like six-inch platforms just so the uh, snow can run off and like things pallets, like that. Yeah, pallets. pretty much, pretty much. Um, and then they do come with kind of an instruction kit. There's about a 1,000 different lengths of pipe in there. Um, just put those together, strap the uh, plastic on top, and they're supposy to withstand 90 mile 90 mile per hour winds uh 90 pounds of snow so i mean we got little electric heaters in them so when it's snowing uh you Nobody just see cares. it no no and it's awesome man wait to sit in one until it snows like that's when you yeah, need to be in that's one that's a good point it's like you're in a snow globe yeah it's pretty fun Kind of cool. Yeah, was there like a shortage of them though when you ordered? Them? Oh yeah, yeah. We were yeah. Uh, one of the last ones to get them. Oh. Shortly after our order, they said, "Okay, we're done. We can't supply people with replacement parts. We can't do this oh. and that. So we're just going to stop selling them for a while." Right on. And it looks like unless this column in my way is hiding something, I count three or is there four? Out There's there? four. Four. So I assume then the other critical component besides um, a mastery of IKEA instructions <laughs> is additional space outside of your building right and yeah maybe that's part of the problem too but you guys have a especially considering the corner of the city that we're sitting in a huge parking lot by all things yeah we got real lucky with that um our original patio is a lot thinner and um not very big but with covid we were able to extend into the parking lot um, which added about 70 seats for us outside 70? yeah, yeah. Wow. super fortunate to have a uh, understanding landlord alex mm -hmm. that was willing to let us go into the parking lot and help us with exposure from the street across the street from cesar chavez park so we've we've been very fortunate during this whole pandemic honestly i mean just the spacing that you've done is really impressive. Not to say that the places that we've been to since the reopening happened is not have not been safe, but you all, this is pretty impressive. Nice work. Yeah, it's it's been important being like a local uh, neighborhood facility. Um, 
a lot of regulars. We want them to know that they can come feel safe um and they have so people appreciate that and they're willing to come back once they it it was weird to begin with you don't know the rules everywhere everyone's kind of doing something different but once you're at a place you realize they're doing it well you feel safe you get used to that you want to come back and that's what we realized pretty quickly throughout this whole thing that's awesome that's yeah cool. uh why don't we jump into the history of emporium brewing uh how did you guys get started yeah sure so uh sarah and i met um we were actually working at the Budweiser Event Center in uh, Loveland. I was the event manager. She was interning for a hockey team. Uh, started dating all of that. Um, Is that the cutthroats? Uh, the hockey Eagles. team? Yeah. The Eagles. Oh, the Eagles. Yeah, the Colorado Eagles. AHL team, yeah, yeah. So we were doing that, kind of sick of the hours, sick of doing events, dealing with all of that stuff. Um, Knew we wanted to do something a little differently. I was home brewing at the time, but um, wanted to kind of get into it professionally. Um, nobody really around Colorado wanted to give me a chance just being a home brewer, doing all that. So we actually picked up, left for the uh, West Coast, lived on the Oregon Coast for a couple of years where I worked for Rogue. Um, just starting super small, throwing uh, bottles into boxes on the uh, bottling line, and then uh, started running the bottling line, worked my way up to the cellar, and then we knew all of our family and friends are still in Colorado. Weather sucked, rainy, 50 degrees all day. That was really wearing Yeah, on we're us. both Colorado natives. Everybody that Cheers we care that. about is here. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. we wanted to come home. But then, um, oh my God, yeah. And then. So, what, what, let's timestamp this. What year was it that you moved out there? We're not timestamping um, anything so else today. <laughs> exactly right. But, exactly. We want to get this, this right. Uh, I Got believe it was, it was like October of 2012. Yeah, 2012. And then we were there for like 15 months or so. So, it was um, like December of 2013. We came back okay. to Colorado and he started working at Rockyard in Castle Rock. Yep. So, Greg, you've been yeah. at this for a while then. Yeah, yeah, for okay. a little while now. Yeah, and then, uh, yeah, Rockyard was uh, working in the cellar again, uh, started brewing, and then Jen Stinson left for an opportunity. He was a head brewer there at the time uh, for an opportunity in Boston, took over here for him as head brewer until we opened this bad boy. Wow. So you so. guys are kind of the perfect match in the sense that you're doing the events, the marketing, you're doing the production, the operations, that kind of stuff. What were you doing while he was working at Rogue? Um, so when we moved to Oregon, I worked for Constant Contact. They were an email marketing company. They were nice enough to let me work remotely from Oregon, which was great. Um, but I got cabin fever. I had to get out of the house. So I actually started selling art in a glass art gallery. Nice. Not really. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was, at least, yeah, I mean, it was honest. cool. I was, it was fine. Um, did you know anything about art? No. Okay. No. I knew that I couldn't do anything artistic right. yeah. this is better than i could do so it'll look good hanging on right. your wall exactly i could sell it to you i could, do, I can could help you, you picture it, it. Uh, yeah, I, yeah i did pretty right. good at that um i don't know i'm really good with like numbers and organization and rules and procedures and that's how i ended up in the banking world. she also worked at a bank yeah i did that shall rename rename yep. unnamed yeah. absolutely it will there's a lot of stuff we can't say in this particular episode of the podcast. Yeah. Right yeah. yeah, this one's just going... going. There's a lot of euphemisms just, that we're throwing out there. Yeah, yeah. Yep. let's yeah. just... That, that stagecoach bank. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay. I love that. That's one. actually yeah. the code name we use for at That's my bank. Hilarious. The so French guys, bank. I mean, what, what's it like? I mean, okay. Can you just explain what it's like to live in Oregon? Let's go there. 
So when we moved out there, um, it was part of our uh, lease. We rented a place just right on the coast, and it was beautiful because you'd look out our front windows, and it was ocean. Look out the back windows, and it was like forest, like rainforest. So, I mean, it was beautiful. But um, we got there, and it was part of our uh, lease agreement that we had to have a dehumidifier. We turn it on inside the house, and it's 90 percent humidity inside of the house. So we realized automatically, like this is going to be trouble. Um, Sarah's car. So I worked from home, so I never drove my car. Yeah. Well, then I went out to like send some packages home, and I opened my back seat of my car, and I had I don't know three or four inches of water. From being no in Colorado, yeah. all the seals in her car had dried out, and it was molded. Holy shit. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I've never heard of this. Had to my have like the whole in interior replaced. Yeah. Like, oh my god, it was a mess. But yeah. I mean, once you got used to that, the first couple of weeks we just sat inside and waited for it to stop raining. And then we realized, okay, we got to get you a pair of uh, rain boots, and we just got to force ourselves out there. Yeah. So, wow. so we yeah, just it was. Oh, because you there. already had rain boots. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So no small fishing community. Like it was cool, um, very touristy, but. Um, when it wasn't touristy, everything would close down early, and I don't know. I mean, it was it was one of the best experiences of my life because I got to work under John Meyer, like one of the most famous people in the brewing industry, um, and learn from him. And he took care of his employees really well, um, so that was an awesome experience. And worked from the very very ground up doing grunt work, um, so it was a it was a really cool experience for me. Sarah had a little bit of a different experience, yeah, a rough but time, but it was fine. I mean, I I'm glad we did it. We always knew. We wanted to open a brewery, but we wanted professional experience under our belt first. Um, we didn't want to just do it. So, you know, we're, we moved, and I wanted to get out of Colorado. I, you know, born and raised, I was ready for something new. Um, then you realize you can't stay away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean. No, exactly it, right. It, it didn't get over, like, 60 degrees. Yeah. And if it did, it was so humid and muggy. It was just kind of... No. But it is beautiful. It was beautiful. Let me ask you this. Oregon is like, in my mind, number three or number four for beer states. Uh-huh. So, I mean, at least you went someplace with oh, a good reputation. Huge there. culture. Well, yeah, I was going to say, what was that like for you? Outside of working at Rogue, what did you get out of it? I mean, were you close to other breweries? Did you get to interact with other? Not necessarily. Where we were located in Newport, uh, there was Rogue, and they kind of owned that town and there was no other brewery so you had to drive like outside of Newport a decent a decent ways to get to another brewery but just the craft selection and everywhere was awesome you could, I mean back when we lived there you could buy beer in the grocery store you, so you couldn't do that really? here oh, so really? that was convenient um, you know it was yeah. readily available but he met a lot of people from Rogue that yeah. he's still you yeah, know, a lot of them have opened them. their own things or work at Deschutes or uh, any other place. Um, one of them was a head brewer at uh, Left Hand for a little while, and then Jim Bruckner, he's been all over at a couple of places too, worked with him at Rogue. So met a lot of connections, and really part of the probably the best thing of it was was once I got there, it was just me and my buddy, one of our other owners who were home brewing, and no one else we knew really had a passion for it. And then I was just surrounded by like-minded individuals. And that was pretty cool, you know? It's just, uh, it was a warehouse um, full of beer geeks, and I'd never been around that, and it was really cool. That's definitely a theme that we get on the show, right? Is, is, is that what you're going to say? No, sure. yeah, but no. <laughs> no, but it's true, right? I mean, there are certain hubs where people get their start. It's, yeah. It's, uh, 
uh, we've run into a lot of um, rock bottom folks. Yeah. Like, sure, sure. Mountain Sun, more of those more commercial, you know, uh, brew pubs. Yeah. But still, I guess, I mean, I think you learn the ins and outs. A hundred percent. And no, they all smell the right. same, right? Like, it's a, a team full of beer geeks. Yep. That, like, you guys are probably sitting there well into the night nerding out over yeah. different types of yeast. And yep. I mean, all the things that Sam and I know nothing about, frankly. Like, sure, sure. Full disclosure, that's not what this show's about. So We like to yeah. make it. What kind of beer is being served at the Budweiser Event Center? Let's ask that. Oh. Oh. Let's yeah. do a side-by-side yeah, comparison. Such a, such a wide variety, as you can imagine, in some place <laughs> called the Budweiser. Yeah, all the local. Goose, Goose Island? Did you at I, least they probably that? did, yes. Okay. I don't, don't, I don't even, even remember. Yeah. That's that was not our forte question. there. No. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of Bud Light Lime. Yeah, yeah. Not gonna lie. <laughs> yep. Not gonna lie. Uh-huh. I do like a good Bud Light line. <laughs> that, that was hard seltzer before. It, totally it really was. was. You're not wrong. It, it yeah. absolutely you was. You don't know this story. Nobody here Is knows it this a story. story. No okay. Bud Light Lime story. So many, many years ago, probably circa. No, no nine. Okay, so the summer of '08 was the Mile High Music Festival, mm-hmm. and I think Bud Light. This is the first time I ever had the music festival out at Dick's. Brand new yeah. festival. Everybody that was a big name at the time in music was playing over a three or four day period. My wife was eight and a half months pregnant, and I'm pretty sure Bud Light Lime sponsored the concert <laughs> for the weekend. And we would get in line, and they limited you to two. So nine months pregnant, she would belly up to the bar right next to me and grab her two beers for me. And I lived on Bud Light Lime that weekend. And I have a, just a small place in my heart. I don't know that I've bought a Bud Light Lime since, but there's a special place. That's that's what I used to drink when I met Greg. Ugh. It's a good yeah. thing. We all used to drink shitty beer. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That happened. What got, I mean, yeah, what's, 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 that's the question that's, we like. Yeah, we haven't asked that question in a what, while. What was the beer that got you two into craft beer? Um, I think Sunshine okay. from, oh, New, uh, yeah. Yeah. New Belgium. from New Belgium. Yeah, Sunshine Wheat. Yeah. Or Easy Street. Or Easy Street. Yeah, yeah we... Like, we both lived in Fort Collins at the time, so that made sense. But um, the one that I really remember, when I started home brewing, um, it was a seasonal at the time, uh, St. Lupulin from Odell. Yeah. And I, I'd never quite tasted anything like it before. So... So you wanted to start making it? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. And failed miserably several times. <laughs> yeah, you did it. Yeah. That's just... So cool, though. Like, but I mean, I mean, I'm really interested in the story of you guys going out to Oregon, and you know, you being—I don't want to say the supportive spouse because it's too cliche of a of a story, right? But sure. You being able to just find like-minded people. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. And just being immersed in it, and just yep. how valuable that is if you have a passion, whether it is banking. Just kidding, Jeff. <laughs> Super passionate <laughs> about banking. Right. That, that's crazy. Okay, so so you guys go out there, come back. Tell us about coming back and what happened there. Yeah, Rockyard's not a name we hear yeah. very often. Yeah. So yeah, sure. Throw some knowledge at us on that. Um, yeah, Jim Stinson at the time, they were just about to open a, because um, it is a restaurant brew pub uh, in Castle Rock there. So 15-barrel system, just a smaller system um, in the pub, and then they were about to open a 25-barrel production facility just down below from the uh, brew pub. So they were needing a little bit of help for that, reached out to them, saw they were hiring because we were 
interested in moving back. And they said, yeah, your uh, resume looks great. Come on down. Um, so took that job and um, basically started working from the first beer that was brewed in that production facility on until we took it over, went from bottles into cans and started really pushing stuff out there. It was, it was a lot of fun. So you saw a craft brewery go from sales over the bar mm-hmm. I mean you got you saw everything yeah and you're coming home and you're talking to Sarah I'm like are you guys going oh shit we need to do this what, like, what, a little I mean I think we knew it before that you yeah, know, yeah that's why we wanted that's why we moved to Rogue or to Oregon to go to Rogue we wanted to do our own thing but we wanted you know Rogue was obviously way too big and then Rockyard was like a step down from that so but that we was weren't sure that was also kind of I think it's very different the way that we progressed um going such far steps down every single time so we go from rogue which is 120,000 120, barrels a year you know uh, distributing everything we went we produced in that production facility went all across the world you've got a fucking and then, netflix documentary or, or an amazon documentary yeah right? about yeah, rogue. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and then are um, you in that uh, yeah. No, no, I don't believe so. <laughs> Damn. Uh, yeah, I know. I was no. going to say, shit, I got to go watch that. Again. No. Yeah. Um, and then uh, go to Rockyard, where we're doing about 5,000 barrels a year, just uh, smaller in-state, not even in the mountain stuff, and then go to here, where we're looking to do 500 barrels a year. So I feel like that's it's a unique uh, career trajectory, but at the same time, I think that was incredibly valuable because... Um, at the same time, learning distribution and the hardships of that right from the get-go, when you are distributing that far, quality and consistency are number one. Um, and learning that is such a huge scale and being able to bring that to this small neighborhood scale, I think, has been really invaluable. Let me ask you this. Has your job as head brewer here changed at all or your day-to-day responsibilities from like a rogue to a rock yard to here i mean are you still finding that that you do a lot of the same things that yes yeah on a much smaller scale and i don't have anyone to boss around but myself but (laughs) you know yeah yeah it's very similar we run this place a lot like a production facility but just serving a pint across the bar at a time you know all right let's talk about opening it up Let's yeah. get into that. Like lots of owners, right? How did right? you two? I, I mean, we're we're very we're always interested in hearing the husband and wife conversation because it's not rare. I would say we get a lot of them on the show, but it's it's usually it's a fun conversation. So forty percent, maybe. What are you wow. doing while he's at Rockyard? <laughs> I worked for a, a, the a bank. The coach. Okay, the stage I worked coach. for the bank. Yeah. What are you two talking about at home then when you're off work? Like I mean. Everything. How do we want our tap room to look? What do we want to have on tap? Uh, what glassware do we want? What, I mean, What everything. bank are we going to use? Yeah, yeah exactly. no kidding. Yeah. Um, I so mean, outside of work hours, I mean, you guys, like, we're putting everything mentally into this. 100%. 100%. I yeah. mean, if we did anything, we were going to breweries. We were seeing what we liked and what we didn't like, and we were writing it down, and we were building our business plan, yeah. and we were... Meeting with architects. Were you living doing, in Castle yeah. Rock at the time? Yeah, we still, still are. Do. Oh, wow. Holy yeah. shit. We Good sure for do. you guys. That's a commitment yeah. to yep. your craft. Uh, yeah. we, so you go from Douglas County. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's like so driving from yeah. D.C. to Denver. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we spend as much time here as so possible. So we originally we'll thought that. maybe Castle Rock would be the place we wanted 
um, for our brewery. And then, you know, the longer we lived there, we, it just really wasn't the vibe that we wanted. Um, and we knew we wanted to be in a neighborhood. We knew that we wanted the walkability. We knew that we wanted to be around other like-minded businesses. And so we just shopped. And as soon as we saw this building, whether it's a long drive for us or not, it was kind of a no-brainer, and Made we jumped sense. on it. What cool. year was so, it that you saw the building? Um, we signed the lease in January of 2015, so it would have been 2014. No. Oh, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Not, uh, 18. So who was... was 2017, we would have found it Yeah, then. 2017, we found the building. So it was called Arms here? I'm trying to think who's... They no, were. Yep. Call, yeah, called Arms. Called Arms, Arms was and here. Distique. Yeah, okay. the Gnome yep. was still trying to open. Yeah, they weren't open yet. And then we found out Flight Co. on 38th was going to open... But that was when, delayed quite a bit, right? I, mean, I believe so, yeah. We we were about to start construction when we actually found out that they were going to open there, I think. I yeah. think so, yeah. Yeah. So you found the spot. Okay. Walk us through like what the fuck went on. Yeah, crazy. sure, like, sure. No, we're uh, we're meeting with uh, our broker uh, from CBRE, Cam Flint, and he he just had so, he was so in tune with the city. He just knew kind of he had worked with so many clients that wanted to be in these hipper like up and coming neighborhoods. So he knew exactly what we were looking for, and we put him through the ringer, just showing us all sorts of shit. Um, and then, yeah, we finally do find this place, signed a lease on it, and then uh, start working weekly, daily with our architect, Path to One, local here as well, um, who designed the whole place. And then uh, started working with Built Construction, who's done, they started in the dairy industry, which is very, very similar to the brewing industry, equipment-wise, process-wise, all of that stuff. So they were incredibly familiar, and they'd done a boatload of breweries at the time, so it just it made sense. Mm -hmm. So hooked on with all of those guys, just planning day in, day out. Um, it always takes about twice as long as you think it's going to. Costs oh gosh, about yeah. twice as much as you think it's going to. And yeah. I'm just amazed. You two aren't old, right? Like sure. That's what you look, you They've look aged low. better yeah. than us. Yeah, no, for <laughs> sure. I mean, it's yeah, a huge endeavor what you took on. And I think location is a big part of me saying yeah. that. Yeah. Like, this isn't some industrial park in the middle of nowhere. You're in a really hip part of town. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's been cool to watch it, even since we've been here, watch it develop. I mean, it's insane. The, the last, like, three years of watching this street just be scraped and rebuilt. And I was going to ask the, how bad construction has been outside. Oh, my God. Oh, it's we've, never not we've never yeah. not had construction outside. Yeah. I keep watching opened. my car because I'm kind of parked in a construction zone. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you'll be fine. Yeah, whether yeah. it's next to us, across the street, down the road, we've always, always had construction. Eventually, around. maybe that'll go away, but at the same time, I mean, they just keep Maybe it's building. a five-year anniversary. Yeah, maybe. yeah, exactly. Maybe. Exactly. How were your partners involved along the way? Because, like, I... I tried to talk over Sam and he's pretty good at keeping <laughs> tuning me out. Good. You talk. I got a text from my boss. Oh. <laughs> so you're good. What are you up to? Go. Um, I met a couple partners already. There's yep. quite a few owners. But yeah. by my count I think I hit four or five. There's four of us. Four of you. Okay. Yep. So where did where did the other two gentlemen Justin so and Mike. 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 Yeah. So great. Justin and Greg uh, started homebrewing in college okay. as, as a side hobby. Gotcha. Um, and then Mike uh, worked at Rockyard. Yeah. He was our distribution guy at Rockyard. Awesome. Yeah. So we knew that's one thing I think we know. We came into this project knowing what we could do really well and where we would need help. So Mike being 
working with him at Rockyard, he had done distribution and then managed uh, tap rooms uh, for a really long time, actually out in Oregon too. And um, we knew being in a production facility the whole time. And yeah, Sarah had has been in the service industry before, but we've never done anything like this. Right. So we knew we needed strength there. And then uh, Justin, along with uh, the homebrew knowledge and things like that, uh, he's kind of our digital overlord. He develops apps for a living and has always been oh, in wow. the technical space. So uh, did like the security camera system, um, all the... Uh, video, audio stuff inside of here. Website, and, yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, website, all the uh, digital stuff that Handles we had no idea. Sales stuff. I mean, just anything that involves a computer, huh? Pretty much, Pretty yeah. Much. Yeah. Yeah. What do they say in that commercial? Stay in your lane. So everybody's yeah. got a lane. Yeah. No, exactly right. Not overextend ourselves so that we can focus on what we know we can do well. Um, and I feel like that's helped and really made this place work. Awesome. You gotta it. ask the next question. I gotta answer. Yeah, that. Sam's Sam's uh, <laughs> fighting for his job here. So. Nothing wrong with it. No, my boss used to. Okay, it's I no, 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 no. Right. Pay attention to what you're doing. <laughs> I can run a fucking interview. All right, I do it all Prove day every day it. for a Prove living. Prove it. <laughs> Go. Where was I? Yeah, where was I? No, just kidding. So, um, four owners. Everybody's got a, a specific role. Mm-hmm. I'm intrigued because we see. A, now, we see a lot of husband and wife teams. We see a lot of um, split ownership teams. What intrigued me today was the fact that all of your owners were here when I walked in. Yeah. Is that a common occurrence for Empor- for the Emporium Brewing Company? You will usually always find at least one of us here. If not two. If yeah. not Outside two. Of you two. I mean, you guys seem like you're the face. You're yeah. sitting with us. Those two are like, we're out of here. But also, you're brewing and yep. you're managing the tap room and, and the events and things like that but mike and justin like i mean Mike's are they gonna been, be here on the regs still? mike is yeah mike, yeah yeah mike and i um run the tap room okay mike's um, involved with that yeah. mike is he's basically our, he, he's more of our now, tap room manager more than me i kind of am i like to think i'm like his assistant tap room manager um but he's also started to do sales more and more and since COVID happened we've switched to cans which we were never planning on doing so now he's kind of focusing on getting those out into the market so he stepped back a little bit in the tap room but um, we have our own Sam here Um, right that was confusing and he's fantastic Um, mine's just mediocre so he wants to best (laughs) he wants to and about to be unemployed (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly exactly yeah 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 (laughs) I'm loving this all of a sudden. Sorry, yeah. folks. That's yeah. You have to see the look on Sam's face. <laughs> anyway, continue, please. Um, but yeah, I mean, Mike or myself is usually here in the tap room, and I think that's one thing that um, the neighborhood appreciates is that they know that the owners are here. Uh, we're watching. We're we're doing the same thing that we expect our staff to do. Um, we're not just telling them what to do. We're back behind the bar, pouring beers, washing dishes with them. That's um, awesome. We know our customers. We know their names. We know what they like to drink. Um, All this, and you live in Castle Rock. I yeah. know. God damn, I love oh. it. Yeah. It's, it's just it, a drive. It's impressive to me, truly, because I do think, like, we see a lot of people that are boots on the ground, but then there's, there, there feels like, and, and this is maybe not average or the norm, but it does feel like there's a lot of maybe absentee investor ownership. Sure. So to, to walk into a bar, a brewery in Denver today, in the middle of COVID and see all four owners 
doing their thing at the same time was just I was a little thrown off. It's, I'm impressed. It's awesome. So yeah. good for Thank you. Thank you. Sarah mentioned something I want to ask about, and and this will take a, the the heat off Sam for another couple of minutes probably. Um, you're distributing in cans now, but mm-hmm. that wasn't the original intent. Uh, I've been in no. the back. I saw the brewery. You said it was intentionally small. Everything I'm seeing, feeling, hearing, tasting smacks of this was going to be a taproom-only model. Mm-hmm. Yes, so 100%. walk us through that for a few minutes and just say, all right, this is what happened. COVID fucked us. However you want to. Yeah. You can get as colorful or uncolorful as you'd like. Yeah, obviously just doing a pint to cross a bar at a time. And then we did growlers and crowlers. And that's where we kind of wanted to stay. We that were, was the biz plan? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've already mentioned that Greg's, he came from production breweries. And it gets very monotonous. It's the same recipes yeah. over and over and over again. And so we wanted to be able to have a wide <laughs> variety of beers. Um, and that's why we wanted to do the taproom only model. Um, yeah. But through COVID, we were finding that the 32-ounce crowler is very intimidating to most consumers, especially around here. It's it's really not that much beer once you get one, you know? Like, you can pound a crowler concur. pretty easily. I could, I could, I could right. crank out a crowler yeah, yeah. or two. But it looks intimidating. So we decided, uh, Call to Arms actually helped us out with converting um, our crowler machine at the time uh, to do 16-ounce cans. And we found that to-go sales were doing really well that way. Um, so now... It's, but it's not the best way to fill a can uh, for shelf uh, stability and things like that out of the tap, into the crowler machine, yada, yada. Um, so we've now invested in a single head uh, filler, the Gosling from Wild Goose, um, putting that thing to work, and we're going to send a little bit out to market. So what's a single head filler do? I might have to go see this. Yeah, it's, uh, we don't you have can to see it just right, right now, through the window right there, actually. Oh, I meant, it's, like, in action. Yeah, yeah. It's, oh, yeah. It's just uh, it just fills one can at a time. You can run about uh, twelve cans a minute on there. Okay, okay. Um, manageable for one person to and run. What size cans are you putting? Sixteen. Okay. Yep. So you're still sticking with sixteen. Yep. Yep. Selling them in four packs. Exactly. Gotcha. Makes yep. four packs. In liquor stores though, like you're doing that. Or? We're working on it. Yes. Um, we have a couple. Um, Go ahead. Drop. Yeah. I mean, first of all, Greg has name dropped more breweries <laughs> and. Businesses that got you guys off the ground. I'm starting to wonder if he's getting paid. I know, right? Yeah, but you might as well tell us what liquor stores I mean, should it's, we it's, find the Emporium It's still at? very new for us, but Pearl Wine okay. uh, Company is one for us. They have two locations now. We're in both of those. Um, Highlands Wine and Liquor over here on 38th, and they're in the works. That should be any day. Uh, you hear liquor, that, Highlands? Liquor. <laughs> Get it going. Ooh, I don't want to mess them up. Liquor Depot is another one. Yeah. Um, Always a classic. Uh, liquor... All right, that's yeah, enough. Thanks. Yeah, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. We're just trying. Yeah. We don't want to overextend ourselves at the same time, so we'll stick yeah. with like five stores and see how it rolls. And so you guys the are rest distributing will... independently. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Mike's in charge. Yep. Mike does it all, yeah. pretty much. Yeah, deliveries, orders, yada yada. Like, yeah, Tastings. he's a man. You guys so. do not want to see his tax return the way he writes off mileage at the end of this year. No, he's that's not allowed. Huh. No. <laughs> this interview kind of sucks in the sense that usually we want to talk, like, I want to pick apart our guests sometimes off the record and be like, ah, they're going to fuck that up. You two've got it all figured out. You're very level-headed about everything. Like, we try. Like, this is impressive. Thank yeah. you. I think yeah. the key Thanks. thing is we keep you out of the conversation. We get a little bit more. Yeah, that has helped. Or, yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you're 
much better at this than I, than I <laughs> and ever, you ever know. 120 episodes in, yeah. my God, you just <laughs> wasted talent. It's the banking in me. I just I yeah. ask, an, it's called open-ended questions, Sam. <laughs> sure there you is. go. Discovery. Pick up on those Discovery. cues and clues. Yeah, cues, mm-hmm. cues. You yep. got to look for the triggers. Mm-hmm. I had a good talk uh, at work today. We we're talking about the future of you know, or you know, what the next six months look like, and you know, we're now at a point where things are starting to look brighter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So instead of us being Debbie Downers and saying, oh, what's the last year been like so terrible, what are you excited about for the next six months? I'm just excited to have people back in the tap room and, you know, we can keep our patio as of right now through October of this year. I and heard that already today. That's awesome. Our, yeah. our extension in the patio was so helpful for us. I, I think without it, you know, I mean, we're barely two years old. We'll hit our two years next month. Um, we had our first birthday under lockdown. You know, we couldn't even have people here. Yeah. Um, so that was really a downer for us. But I think just being able to see how well we've adapted and been willing to change. And we were so young that I think we weren't already set in our ways that that helped us. Um, That's, so I'm just excited to see what we can come up with this yeah. next year. Because that has know? been, honestly, it's been super stressful. But as things changed and the colors code things changed <laughs> and then some got added and blah, blah, blah. It's actually been a lot of fun for us to adapt and change with those. And, like, it's been a fun challenge. And people Does he drink a lot when he's working? <laughs> this I mean, is the first time I've heard always. anybody say that this has been fun. I mean, so this is I'm one thing you got to learn that. about That's Greg Fetzer. Insane. He's like the happiest guy on earth. So Uber-optimist. positive, it's yeah. frustrating sometimes. I want to like punch clown. him. Covid the clown. Yeah, I, I want to like punch but him sometimes. People I'm like, have appreciated just... what we've done. I appreciate you know? it. Like I yeah. don't know. It's it's been it's been cool, and I think we can completely continue to adapt and add new things and. Um, continue to make feel, people feel safe, but as things loosen up, like there's a lot of things that we can do with the extra space that we've created that um, we haven't even talked about yet. Yeah. So I think it'll be fun this summer. You know, it may not be completely loose by the summer, but um, we'll be able to figure it out and do some cool stuff for the neighborhood. Like that's what we're excited about. What kind of access to the park do you guys have? I mean, you mentioned Cesar Chavez Park. Like, has it? Have you guys even thought about? We um, don't. Yeah. We're not able to do a whole lot. You need permits and stuff to do a lot over there. Yeah. Um, the, but the TBBA is the Tennyson Berkeley Business Association. Mm-hmm. Um, they're starting to think about moving a lot of events to the park over here, okay. um, which would be huge for us. We know a couple of guys that ran a beer festival last year that might be we did. looking for a new spot since last nice. year was all online. We should do an in-person beer festival. Well, I'm thinking Cesar Chavez Park. Heck like yeah. Fucking do awesome it up, spot. man. Yeah, Although, sweet. if we did it at the park across the street from my house, I wouldn't have to worry about getting home. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I have a meeting yep. to go into, too. So be, well, I'm not dumb enough to do it on a Wednesday at 4. <laughs> the beer festival, I mean. Everything else happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Of course. What are What's the kind of partnerships between businesses on this street? I mean, I, oh, were yeah. you, like, welcomed with open arms, or was it the socks? Yeah, I think so. Uh, Greg and I are both from small towns in Colorado, so... I think that's something that draw, drew us to Tennyson in general was it's kind of, we're in Denver, but it's a small community down here. Um, we know a lot of the business owners on the street and um, we kind of cross promote for each other. 
you know. I mean, Berkeley Untapped is across the street, but we know Jay very well. He carries our beer. Um, we've talked about doing different things with him. Um, you know, so for another liquor place on the street to be like so inviting and, and friendly to us was like, okay, cool. Like, Call to Arms has been amazing. Flight Co. is great. Stieg, The Gnome, like, we have relationships with, you know, Inspire, the woman's clothing boutique next door, Pasty Republic. Everybody is just, they realize the neighborhood that we're in, and the more we work together, the better we're all going to do. Everyone's goal collectively is to get to more, get more people on the street, and you're not going to do that if you're fighting with each other. So, yeah, everybody works together to try to do, like, co-promote different things, get more people on the street. We all benefit. Um, it's very much a shopping district here, so you don't go to one place and then you're you're out of Berkeley, you know. Um, normally you're stopping at multiple places on a nice day or first Friday or and stuff like that. And you see a lot so. of owners. Like, owners are all in their They're stores. All hanging out in oh, yeah, Tennyson. yeah. That like does, it's, you're right about that. It's a unique, cool community And it's all here. super, yeah. like... Um, mom and pop that's what we loved about it here too is everything is like really really mom and pop nothing really too chainy or anything like that so that was a huge attraction it's almost like a grown-up version of Lodo yeah sure sure if that makes sense yeah you know people aren't coming up here to get I mean you're gonna get drunk and everything but you might also have your spouse be your DD right and you like come out for a night and you hit up three breweries and you go to hops and pie and stuff like that but that's not where you're gonna get that. And they're gonna like, pick up a couple of onesies on the way home. Yeah, no, damn no, right. Like, newborn on the way. Damn or, right. It's a different vibe. Right? Yeah. This is our kind of vibe, I think. <laughs> old, he's basically implying that we're old. But you oh know, yeah, like, we're with you. Do you think that Berkeley? Or, sorry, no, like Tennyson Berkeley. Tennyson Berkeley, but Tennyson in particular is a little underrated, or do you think it's getting the attention it deserves? I mean, Hops and Pie have been around for a long time, obviously, but um, is it up? But where, where does it stand in terms of coverage? I think. Probably up and coming, I would yeah. say. I think more and more people are starting to realize what's down here. Um, there's a lot of building and construction down here, too, which I think might, you know, deter some people from coming. But I think we're, we're you know, getting me. more and more <laughs> recognized, for sure, I of think, what's down here. And I think everything here has changed so fast, too. Um, someone from our construction crew said, uh, this has been two years ago now, he said he lived close to here and uh five years ago you wouldn't want to walk through caesar chavez park by yourself yeah. you know so i think it's it's changed so quickly that people aren't really aware of how much it has changed because we get people in here all the time that say um wow i had no idea like the street was like this it doesn't feel like denver yada yada like i don't know people just i think they'll give it a chance there's so much to do in denver you know eventually they'll end up here this is not meant to be derogatory I've always thought Tennyson felt a little bit like downtown Littleton. Like, okay. In a good way. Like, in a good way. Sure. You know I mean? But, like, you can park and walk mm-hmm. very easily with family, right? If yeah. you want yeah, to. Yeah, like, very much and, so. And, and, yeah, it it reminded us of Old Town Fort Collins. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That makes total sense. Absolutely. Yep, it yes. did. Okay. That's awesome. Holy yeah. Shit, that's so cool. So, um, as you move forward, we already kind of covered that. But what do you guys want people to know so that way we can refill our beers right before uh, we. we, we yeah, we'll debrief after this. We'll, de- we'll debrief, right? <laughs> it's always the best conversations are off the record. Uh, where can we find all the information we need in terms of socials and website and all that stuff? Uh, I mean, theemporium.com. 
It's our website. Really? Yeah. (laughs) P-L-U-R. So like, I'm going to pour you a beer. Make poor choices. That's such a good Emporium Brew. I didn't even look that closely. That's how shitty I am with this. Yeah, I just. That's so genius. It is genius. I mean, it's obvious, but it's also genius. Good work. Who came up with that? Uh, I mean, my sister actually. It, really? Yeah, it was. Oh, she did, yeah. so see, name dropping yeah. again. It's true. That's awesome. The, the Emporium. If you were familiar with a, a an amazing movie called Dazed and Confused, um, all the kids hung out at the Hells Emporium. Yeah, yeah they did. Oh, yep. Yeah, right. and also when Greg growing up, he grew up on a, in a small farming community, and his buddies Quonset or Barn they referred to as the Emporium. Go there, play some foosball, um, drink some brewskis. Yeah, yeah, but also Emporium implies a little bit of everything, yeah. and so we have a little bit of everything on our tap list. You know, we do lagers, we yeah. have a few dark beers. We really focus on sessionability, yeah. um, with the exception of maybe one or two beers. Everything's going to be in the four or five percent range. We want you to come hang out for a while with your friends be interested in a couple different beers and be able to have them and still remember being here when you leave. It's very important. Yeah, Yeah, it is. I mean, good, clean beer. Yeah. And hopefully you enjoy it while you're here with our service and come back. She's the right person for marketing for this Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You guys figured it out for sure. So Um, theemporium.com, P-O-U-R. Yes. was so excited about the fact that that was available. <laughs> you were just excited with the Wi-Fi password because that was clever, but you didn't realize their name was. It didn't. Out. It didn't even click. And you're making you're giving me shit. Yeah, uh, well, I'm still employed, so whatever. <laughs> Emporium.com. Mm-hmm. What else? Uh, Emporium Brew for Instagram, Facebook. What's uh, Instagram? Uh, you know, it's like this place where you put I don't get cool it. Are you guys on Snapchat? Is too old. No. no. Grinder. I mean, no. what else do we need to know? Here? <laughs> no. Find us on Grinder. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what is it? Fans only? <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> What's that? Of course. Yep. Oh, my God. I don't even know the joke on that one. The man who makes porn jokes all the time. <laughs> all the time. No idea. Yeah, that sounds I like really a cover watch right a lot there. Of porn, porn joke every, every day, but not, not, not today. Damn but it. Off the record, we'll, we'll fill you in, Jay. Please <laughs> do. And not fill you up. I got to go hey, home and... Thank you, guys. All right. Thank you, too. Thank so you. much. Thank yeah. Emporium Brewing Company. Holy shit. You guys are fantastic. Thanks cheers, guys. So I Greg, Sarah. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers, guys.